Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 32. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepkin. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the Rebel Guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. Order now and we'll include a free guide listing three techniques you can start doing right away to hone your psychic mind. In this episode, Eric shares insights on his upcoming book, Handbook of the Navigator 2.0, and how it fits into the spectrum of everything that he has ever taught, from simulated reality to meditation, and why you and the universe were meant to meet. Then, explore the spiritual trap of expectation and how the philosophy, want for nothing, gain everything, can lead to the breakthroughs you have been waiting for. Enjoy! At the time of this recording, you have the second version of Handbook of the Navigator coming out. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I find it- interesting about the, the subtitle is, you know, why you and the universe were meant to meet. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned that, it made me stop for a minute to consider, like, what does that actually mean? What does Eric want me to, to get from it? So do you mind elaborating a little bit more on the subtitle? And what you well, I mean it's it's definitely a, a multi answer. I mean, on the the most closest surface level is to say that anybody who's seeking is seeking God or the universe. I mean, there's this undertone nagging drive to to connect with the universe. We intuitively know or instinctively know that it's God that is like the end result we're trying to get to. Also, the title part that you didn't mention was it says Alpha and Omega, which is beginning and end. And it's used often in in many circles of spirituality. But my point is, is that the ultimate end is to to meet per se the, the source by which is all creation. So, when I say that, you know, you and the universe were meant to meet, meaning the person who finds the, the book, is that it's been calling you. That's why you're searching. You feel that call, but you don't have a way to define what that call is. There's not a name for it. There's not a distinguishing, like, you know, here it is. You can hold it in your hands and put it on a shelf. So in, in essence, it's already trying to get a hold of you. And you're trying to find it. You're trying to connect with it desperately in an organic world that's something that transcends our reality. And so when when one says, you know, you and the universe were meant to meet, it, obviously you were. 
I mean, that's why you're looking, that's why it's calling, and, and that's what the, the whole point of it is. And of course, the final result is, is what does it want? What, did, what is it that, that it wants? And of course, your, your answer isn't what you want. What do you want me to do? And I remember reading Handbook of the Navigator for the first time and mm. relating so much to what it is that you had to say in that mm. the sense of the Navigator calling you or the universe yep. calling you, feeling you had a purpose. Yep. Um, so I feel that feeling resonates with so many people out there yeah. and they really don't, as you said, know what it is or right. how to put a name to it. Right. So one of the other things that I found interesting with the whole Alpha and Omega is that your first book was Handbook of the Navigator. Then you did the entire book series, God's Last Secret. And now you've come full circle back to Handbook of the Navigator 2.0. Right. So beginning and end. I just found right. that interesting. All right. So on that topic, you've left a trail of, let's say, breadcrumbs for people to follow, to, mm. to say, okay, I have this feeling, I go to meditation, I develop my sixth sense, and you give all these advanced teachings, and then you have recently kind of topped it with God's Eye Secret and simulated reality. Yeah. Now, we've reached that point, you come back to Handbook 2.0, mm -hmm. and you've now included simulated reality into right. the fundamental teachings, you know, uh, what was there in the very beginning, as right. if you were trying to say, this is what I've wanted you to see right. all, of, all along. Right. So if anybody who really knows my material knows that to be a very accurate truth, mm -hmm. long before the book was even published, decades before, I was already talking before it became popular or hip, you know, or before the Matrix came out or any of this, okay? But at the time, and I've said this before, y y there's no way for me to have, have, have tried to sum this up because the collective, the majority of at least society, really couldn't wrap their head around the idea of what a simulated reality was. They barely could wrap their head around when the Matrix came out, and they still struggled with trying to understand that and probably still do, okay? To take the leap of saying to someone that reality is not real, it's an illusion, which was stated thousands of years ago, finding a way in a logical approach to, to try to wrap your head around that has always been the number one biggest challenge. And I often say you can't really teach people something unless the collective already has a good understanding or the bearings for it. And I, I think now that, that it's there, I think we're there. How would you... I guess, want people to feel comfortable with simulated reality and pursuing their spirituality, especially those who are just finding the handbook, let's say. Well, look, everything, if, if you just run a little test, take everything you know about your spiritual journey, okay? Take everything largely from, you know, your, your Hindu kind of teachings or Buddhism or whatever you want, okay? And put it with the understanding of thinking of what a simulated reality is and interpretate between the two what the answer would be. And nothing fits better, nothing is clearer, nothing resonates or makes more sense than if you look through things through the lens of the idea of a simulated reality. 
once you understand that and you hear things about, you know, outside of this or that or reincarnation, reincarnation meaning maybe you you go into other programs and, and your, your existence continues. If you think about everything paranormal, how is it possible in a world of science that can't wrap its mind around it, but now all of a sudden it, it absolutely is perfectly functional, that along with quantum physics and everything. So when, when you start to look at it from that perspective through a logical mind, everything changes. You cannot gain enlightenment. You cannot gain higher consciousness. You cannot be at the feet of the universe, God, whatever, unless you are capable of comprehending that which you are receiving or perceiving. Okay, so, so you have to elevate your own consciousness and understanding your own education to a level that allows you to approach something that's, that's infinitely beyond you. So, it's understanding through the idea of what is a simulated reality, what is everything, everything's made out of energy, everything's frequency, everything is vibration. But people roll these words off their tongue as if they truly understand them and they ain't got a clue. Okay, so when you really fathom on all this and you go into deep meditations and you, you meditate on the whole idea that, that logically you can, you can understand that, yeah, maybe it is a, uh, an illusion. Maybe it's my neurosystem being told that this is what you're experiencing and seeing and you can really validly wrap your head around that because that is an act of conscious will. It's one thing to say, I believe that all of this is an illusion. Rubbish you do, okay? It's another to get your mind to truly, truly accept that truth, to really break it down so much that every little doubting Thomas in your head, that when you really look at it, it's only then that the, ball, the, the walls begin to bend. It's only then that reality becomes true and it becomes clear and you begin to see through this reality of, of perception. Until you really get to that, you're only lying to yourself and your ego is telling you so. So... We often have people that message us in regards to wanting to have experiences. And when you say, you know, getting the walls to bend and, and have these sure. phenomena, it seems that they're jumping too fast, too too soon, and thus they're... Well, that's the, that's the McDonald's age. I mean, this is sure. the, the problem, you know? It's a, a spiritual teacher now is in competition with the movies and Six Flags and everything else. Mm -hmm. And... You know, having been a part of your our higher balance for almost a decade now, and yeah. having gone through all the teachings, I can, you know, validate that the the teachings are effective and the experiences yeah. are phenomenal. Yeah. But when jumping back to something you just said is that when it comes to serving the force, you can't really serve it unless you really understand what it what it really is. And you said that in Alisone, yeah, right from the beginning, decades so, ago, yeah when we're approaching our spirituality now with a better understanding of simulated reality, yeah. you're in a sense saying that we are now more able to serve the force on a deeper level if we can well, comprehend. Well, the first thing is you, 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 you know, in order to, to work with something, you have to understand what it is you're working with. You, you've got to have an understanding of it. it you can't just have the, a, a optical or a, 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 a distant view of something. You need to literally, to in, in a sense, become immersed with it and know it well. And I, I think that people have good intentions, but they lack the effort to put into truly developing that level of commitment, that level of understanding, that level of, of reflection. 
And uh, so in, in lies the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you often say if you sit in the rain, you're, you're going to get wet. Yep. Now, would it be okay to say for people who are just, let's say, coming on board and they're now taking in simulated reality that as they go through the teachings, they have a, a filter or a perspective of trying to see things from that simulated uh, reality perspective, not trying to jump right into it? Do you think that just reflecting on that will help them further down the road? If they, if they can accept it. You know, it's, 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 again, people say words, but I often doubt they understand what they're saying. So it's one thing to say, oh, I, I accept we live in a simulated reality. Do you? Do you really? I don't think so. I think that that is a huge problem, that they have not truly meditated on it or worked on it or, or did these things. I think that, that the ego is constantly an, an issue, you know? They just want to be greater than what they are, and you've really got to put in the miles. You've got to put in the time. You've got to put in the effort. So when I see sitting out in the rain, listen to the modules, yeah, you're taking in information. But regardless of the information you're taking in, you have to reflect on that. That, that is the gears of motion in your mind to, to expand consciousness. They should rewind that and listen to that statement. Got it. Which you can say leads into another topic that we are wanting to discuss is want for nothing, gain everything. And it seems so simple, but it's so elusive. I don't think it's elusive at all. I think it makes pure pure logical sense in the most purest form. I, I mean, I'll break it down. When I say, you know, want nothing, gain everything, is is that you have to have an ultimate truth with yourself to realize that in all likelihood, everything that you think you want is really based upon your intellect and, and you're making assumptions. So it's like a child telling you it wants this or that, and you know that that's not really what you want to to have comfort or security or to be fed or to be nourished. And in that child's mind, it makes perfect sense that that eating, you know, uh, Fruit Loop cereal for three meals a day for life is is to the child is the greatest thing in the world. To a person who has a greater level of knowledge or insight, okay, it clearly wouldn't be. So the the point is is that everything that you want spiritually when you're approaching the universe, it's like you unconsciously are setting demands. You have expectations. You have these these things. This is, you know, it's like some people say to me, well, you know, I don't think you're enlightened, you know, and I'll be like, I'm fine with that. And but but out of curiosity, you know, have you met somebody enlightened to compare me note for note with, or is it just something you read in a book? We make assumptions all the time. And that is based on what we think things should be. It's just like knowledge. If the knowledge doesn't fit or it it doesn't conform to what you want it to be, what you want to be is incredibly limited. It should be challenging and pushing your, your limits of thought. That's when you know it's really, really something new and changing and evolving, growing. So when I say want for nothing, I say when you sit down ultimately and meditate, most people go in for power. Most people go in for love, and I've said this, and I don't have a problem with that because I know where they both lead in the end. But the point is, is that you're setting conditions, and the universe is saying, 
ah, I don't agree with this. I don't think I can approach you because I can't be what you want me to be or what you expect me to be. And so therefore it stays away. It doesn't, it doesn't really, you, you almost prevent it from manifesting in your life because you expect it to either be a winged creature like an angel or you expect it to be an alien or you expect it to be an old man on a throne or you expect it to be energy like the force, you know, that's just incon inconceivable. That's still an expectation. If reality is not real and we, we live in a simulated reality, what's beyond it, don't take a limited amount of whatever you think you are, in, at least operating from your brain, and go into it thinking that this is what it should be. Because whether you realize it or not, you're setting a boundary for it to fulfill. And if it doesn't fulfill, just like counting the Fs in the Handbook of the Navigator, okay, you can't see them all. It's almost as if it becomes transparent to your consciousness. It's only when you want for nothing that you're actually approaching something with non-thought. Okay? And with non-thought, you still have consciousness. You're still thinking. You're still intelligent. But it's, it's something that transcends the, the mortal reality. And it's only then that, that, that you begin to see a manifestation of something begin to, to appear. And, it, and you have to be careful. This is why you have to have great skill through meditations in your practice. Because the second your mind starts to, or your brain comes in and stri tries to identify and structuralize what you're seeing, it's, you're now limiting and redoing again. You're setting a parameter by which you can comprehend. So, as I said before, you know, with, with the ship and the, the primitive tribe seeing it, none of them could see it. It was only the, the shaman that could begin to see something and it started to take shape. It also reminds me of um, uh, uh, Jodie's Foster movie there years ago where, where she went out into space okay. at contact. Yes. And on the beach, you, you see this glimmering thing moving towards her, okay? And it takes on the form of her father. And she says, well, I know you're not my father, yada, yada. How you? Well, I, I came in a shape that I thought would be pleasant. That's all great, but that's Hollywood. The reality is, is that her mind wanted to put it into a shape and it was looking to find a shape for her. The problem is it also limited the truth of the experience. Had she able to have the ability to not make her mind or allow her mind to conform it into a shape that was something that her intellect could understand, her intellect would have been forced to, to neurologically build to have higher levels of sensory or awareness or comprehension. Well said. Um, it's worth thinking about, it and it's very complicated, mm -hmm. and it, it's, it is a, a very loaded question because what I'm trying to say is, is that removing want is something that you don't even realize you're wanting. To remove desire is something you're not even sure. How do you define that? When you're meditating, are you not wanting or desiring something? It's only with true non-thought that you, you let go of everything. When somebody comes to you, I always say, nobody bothers you unless they want something from you. They want companionship, sex, friendship, money, as something, okay? Knowledge, color, whatever you want. But nobody ever approaches you with, with the desire of nothing. If you are an omnipresent being, God, universe, call it whatever you want. If you're going to approach it, you're approaching it like a nagging child. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. If you want for nothing, it's almost as if you're willing to say, I'm, I'm here, I came, I, I answered your call, and I don't have any baggage or conditions for you. I'm open to whatever it is you want to share with me, and I'm not going to filter it. It's then that your consciousness is moved to a higher level. 
It's then that you begin to understand beyond a human level of comprehension. It's then that the moments of enlightenment begin to trickle in. But to get to that point, the impatience alone is something that fuels or empowers the whole thing of want and desire. So is there, I guess, ways that we can practice doing uh, wanting for nothing in a sense um, for the, I guess you could say, the, the brain to comprehend uh, what it is that you're, you're trying to do or the state of mind that you're trying to, to get into? You, you have the, the one necessary thing that you ultimately need. Every white cell has it that is searching. And that is a desire to be in the presence of God and the desire to be in the presence of the universe. Other than that, you don't don't want for nothing more. You don't even have to think about wanting that. It's such a present core part of you that that in some respects it is you. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So by simply wanting for nothing and meditating in the, the correct process, okay, you you essentially are are already giving yourself a destination to move towards. It's only when we think in our human mind and try to think in human terms or ideologies or concepts or beliefs or ethics or call it whatever you want, that that's like, like leads of cement on us. Mm -hmm. It's when you detach from all these things and you just allow yourself to be that, that that pure essence of wanting to be one with the universe actually can take flight and take direction. Got it. It seems when you internalize that feeling that it's a frequency you you carry within you. Yeah. When you after you, it's a part of you. It's a part of a white cell at least. Yeah. And with that comes, uh, it seems to be obviously the connection, uh, deeper level of connection to the force. I feel like even just internalizing the the thought of it creates mm -hmm. that let me let me make another another point to you okay you know and i was just reading something uh, a question somebody sent it to me a very uh, rather intelligent person they were talking to me about you know of course in, in hinduism and stuff but it's you know the concept of of moving to to no more need of reincarnation is at the moment that you move outside the matrix this was a person's question i thought it was a very good question and you know, here here goes in the the statement. And I don't know if every if all the listeners are, are going to be able to truly understand this, but everybody's itching for the the real good answers. Okay, here it is. Whether you can recognize it or not, you know, I can't go beyond that. But if we live in a simulated reality, then ask yourself in a way: if you had to, what do you think is outside of the matrix? If it's pure energy. Is that energy going to take a shape of anything that is, in a sense, is material? Is it going to have walls? Is it going to have skin? Will it have hair? Will it be breathing? Will it have organisms? Will it have structure? Will it have doorways, doorknobs, carpeting, floors, rocks, trees, planets? None of that. In a sense, ultimately, you could say is energy in, in our, at least our initial perception through an organic view, would be nothing. It would be nothing to the sensories that you have for your five senses. So everything that you're trying to, to grasp or, or put your mind around has to be in your, your brain doing it. Wants to say you're a tree, you're a piece of bark, you're a stone, you're this. Or, it's trying to reference, but there's no referencing. So as long as you try to do that, you never can grab it. You have to use some higher elevation that transcends your five senses or your organic sense of reality. Because there's something there. Right. Which was, 
uh, I was going to bring up a statement that you've said is from nothing came something. That's right. That's right. It's interesting. Somebody uh, posted up on on our our forum section that somebody came up with a way to to film Wi-Fi signals, and they were showing the pictures on there, and they're really actually pretty cool looking. And it has all these kind of like blues and and colors swirling, and you can you can see a structure to it. But herein lies the thing. We are looking for structure. That's a very organic perception and something that we just can't easily remove from ourselves. That's why you practice meditation, to remove that desire. But the point is, is that it's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do exactly that. Here's something that's Wi-Fi that's not apparent to us, but we know it's there. We have tools that can extract it. It's highly intelligent information. But to our five senses, it simply doesn't exist. So we create something that can conform it into a color spectrum, which probably isn't its colors at all, okay? But it gives us a guideline of tagging of it so we can look at it and go, oh, I can see it with its structure. We want to give it structure. The thing is, is there it is. Our five senses couldn't do it. We did give a way for it to be interpreted to us, okay? And there it exists. So too does this, this reality beyond this simulated thing that we exist in, okay? And you have to let go of everything you understand or everything that you think or even your, your inkling to want to, you have to be aware of what's happening, okay? That it's only when you want for nothing that you can actually begin to perceive it, that your, your higher consciousness steps in. This mind that controls and functions your other body, okay? Your, your other vessel that, that, that coexists with your organic machine, okay? It's only then that it, that it, in a sense, is forced to turn on and start to do the interpretating. And you will want to do like the Wi-Fi, add color or structure, but it, the hardest thing is to not do that. And what will happen is, is something in, in the bridge between your mind and your brain starts to build a new kind of consciousness in order to interpretate a reality that otherwise would be invisible to you. Got it. And it's safe to say that through all your training, you teach people how to well uh, obviously to absolutely so yeah i mean yeah for the listeners you know to, to right know that well i've t i've been yeah. teaching this stuff for a long time but right. i think most people who 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 think of my material they want to put it in the same box as new age psychic phenomena whatever and and you know I, I hate responding to that because it sounds so so arrogant or uppity or whatever but everything that you think you know is wrong and, and even though I use the words telepathy, astral projection, mind projection, psychophenomena, if you read what I say, I will break it down and sh give it to you in such a way that you're going to go, no wonder it didn't work the other ways. Now it makes perfect sense. I get it. It's like a revelation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I can confirm that with people sending in stuff that they're having more and more mandalas break. Yeah, because I'm, I'm giving them yeah. the pieces that half of these other people have been preaching all this stuff. They ain't got a clue. And I, I hate saying that because mm -hmm. it's, it does sound that I'm speaking poorly and I don't want to. I'm just saying, look, I have two choices. Either call it what it is and help others or, you know, coddle what's out there because I don't want to get negative slack from other people criticizing me because I call their stuff crap and and not really help people in the way that I know that I could and, and have. Right. And I don't think it's just you saying it. You know, we have yeah. a, a lot of people saying 
you know, what they've been able to. Well, they got to discover the material first. It's for those people just coming in the door or listening to us now, you know. I think that everybody also has put in a a lot of work in their own journey and nobody wants to be told, yeah, you got it all wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, this is why it's not working to the qualitative level for you to have the breakthroughs that you should be getting. Right, right. So going back to want for nothing, gain everything, it seems that for one, the brain has a challenging time comprehending the meaning of that. And if we look a little bit deeper, is it more so the the dough, the matrix, or whatever you want to call it, actually not wanting you to internalize that or reflect on the want for nothing because it begins to separate you from... That's exactly correct. It, it, like the laws of physics, we have gravity, we have the, you know, what we'll call light and, and you know, the limit of light speed and all these other things. And there's the law of mass, there's the law of this and that and everything. So too are there other laws that we're, we're just beginning to comprehend. And if you ask me, these are fundamental rules to any program. If you were to have a computer program, you have to set up fundamental laws in order to have a construct to start building an artificial reality. Without those constructs, you you really don't have a, a way to construct something. There's no ends. There's nothing to attach. It's like a puzzle. It's like a puzzle that doesn't have any edges or corners. You know what I'm saying? I mean, where do you be? You just lump a bunch of stuff together, I guess. But there's not necessarily enough order to the chaos in order to make it functional in, the, in that sense, in, in the way that, that it's being looked at. So in essence, you know, I guess the bottom line is this. When you think of meditation... The point of meditation is to, to essentially let go of everything and to have non-thought. So if you think about what I'm saying is, is why would you want to do that? What is your ultimate goal if you do that? So there, there's nothing. The cup is empty. The whole point is it's saying exactly what I'm saying. It's, it's just been saying it for a lot longer. Okay. The goal of meditation is to want nothing. And by doing so, you gain everything because your mind finally stops trying to interpretate or integrate with something that's controlling you. As soon as you stop reacting with it, it's only then that you separate from it. Does that make sense? I don't want to give out no guru talk here. I want to keep it simple. No, it it makes complete logic. That's that's We, everything in life, just remember, the more spiritual you come, somebody's going to come banging on your door or there's going to be a crisis. Every time you begin to evolve to a certain level, there's always something that brings you down. It goes beyond coincidence. You just have to become aware of it. But the point is, is once you become aware of it, you forget that you're aware of it. you've, You've got to sit there and go to just that effect and go, what the hell is going on? That should be enough for you to say, I need to isolate my consciousness in order to escape this. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it's, it's designed to hold you here. If it wasn't designed to hold you mentally here, what would be the point of any of this? That's a good question. It would cease to have any relevance. Right. You know, and I'm glad that you brought up the importance of meditation because it seems that people tend to forget the importance of meditation and they try to jump to whether it be trying to be a great healer or mind project. And the first thing that I typically ask is, well, are you meditating? Are you absorbing prana? Are you doing the foundation meditation? Oftentimes it's not as much as... Lazy. They're lazy. They're lazy. Everybody wants the the flash. Mm -hmm. I would not have had the success that I had or it wouldn't have gotten to the level that it did for me had I not discovered 
meditation at some early point in my life and then was able to refine that. The point being is that I would say the importance of meditation compared to everything else is to say that everything in your life would be psychic abilities and phenomena and all these other things. But it would be like living in America without a car or a bicycle or a motorcycle or a form of transportation other than walking, okay? It's not to say it can't be done. It would just be extremely difficult. Unless we lived in a small country, it would be ideal. So meditation teaches you or gives you the discipline to focus your mind to achieve mind projection. It gives you the true mental focus to truly do healings. It gives you the true discipline and skill to use your mind in applications that transcend reality. It is the part that holds your, your hand steady, your focus. If everything is, is, is a simulation, if everything is an illusion, then every act that you do, okay, is really a push against the laws of the matrix. Everything psychic phenomena is really bending the rules of the matrix we live in, at least it's what science understands it. Mm -hmm. So if it's occurring, something is occurring that's paranormal. It's not normal, it's, it's parallel to normal. It's something that's going beyond that, okay? So in essence, what fact of willpower are you deriving to bend reality? By what act of will on your part in your mind is allowing you to do something that's considered psychic phenomena or metaphysical? If you want to compound that skill, then develop more discipline of the source that's allowing you to do that. That universally always comes back to meditation. It's about keeping your brain quiet and getting your mind, which is another intelligence, to consciously, you gotta be able to wrap your mind around that, to focus on what it needs to do and to stay focused without an interruption that grounds you back down again. That takes a lot of, it's like, it's like a parent with kids. You gotta be able to focus on what you're doing. The kids are screaming. Eventually they build up this kind of awareness where they know the difference between normal ruckus and, and trouble and they're able to focus on what they're doing. That comes from a repetition. Okay, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. If you're gonna escape reality or you're going to affect reality, then you really need to focus on the source by which guides the training of your skill. You need the skill, you need to train in it, that's why I teach it, okay? But it's the same token, the extent of using that tool in order to extract information from the cracks of reality, okay, is really the, the, the it, it's like being searching tools. I can give you the tools to do the job, but you gotta keep your hands steady to achieve the goal. If you can't keep your hands steady, then having all the tools is in a sense useless. Mm -hmm. You can cut something, but you can't cut it in a way that it's going to be beneficial. You can't do something with those tools to the, the highest level of which you can yield the greatest extraction of information, and that's what everybody's doing. They're learning how to do stuff, but they're, they're haphazardly doing stuff, and this is why they're not really getting any real traction. Meditation is fundamentally the driving force tool that should support any skill that you do. It's what, what separates the badasses from the, from the, the half-hazards. Mm -hmm. And just to clarify, the meditation that you're speaking of at the moment is a foundation meditation. Yes, okay. using three chakra points, right. yeah. Okay. But it's the same thing if to do the tone meditation. I mean, I just recently had somebody who's been around for years and they're like, well, you know, I can, I can only hear one or, or two tones. Mm -hmm. I, I'm flabbergasted because I'm like, how is that even possible? How long have you been around? And, you know, it's, it's, this is where 
meeting in person and dealing with these things are so simple to fix. Mm -hmm. It's so simple to, to help somebody, you know, to, and I, 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 I can't wrap my mind around it. I really can't. So with, uh, let's say, tying things together, putting the pieces together, you would say for one to really serve the force and fulfill that feeling within them, to find God, you know, to meet with the universe is through meditation, is through... That overall is a big portion of it. Understanding what psychic phenomena really is mm -hmm. and understanding those tools are the tools that bridge mm -hmm. this reality to that reality. Without mm -hmm. them, it's like meeting God but not being able to have a conversation. Sense. Do you okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is why you need to understand what truly paranormal phenomena is, mm -hmm. why and how it really works, mm -hmm. and what its true use is. Right now, everybody just has a 10% watered down version because most of the people who are talking about it mm -hmm. are regurgitating something that came from somebody else that regurgitated that came from somebody else. I mean, you have to go back to Western philosophy, okay, or Eastern philosophy, my apology, in, in order and then understand that culture and then probably have that teacher in front of you to correct exactly what they're trying to say because it, people muck it up. That's the human mind. And that's what's happened. There was something I wanted to comment on and, you know, um, I kind of lost my train of thought on that one part because we got talking. But, you know, there's so many things left unsaid that, you know, you, 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 you wish you could cover it all. And, you know, again, I also think that whenever we have these conversations, it's like I feel like there's an, an ocean wave crushing down on me, you know, to not say what I'm saying, to not communicate what I'm communicating or not to do a good job communicating it because 50% of that battle of giving that knowledge is the, the other 50% receiving it in a way that they can interpret it. And if they, if they miss that mark, then there was no point in even trying at all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that if people can understand the simulated reality and start to really truly reflect it and have a means through metaphysical teachings that I teach to interpret it, I think that that is what becomes profound. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's like, you know, people need to know that, the, that there's a reason why they call it a journey. And I think the younger generations all want they think that once they start, they're supposed to have all the answers in in a week or a month or a year. Mm -hmm. And then for people who have been on the journey for 10, 20, 30 years, they're still thinking, okay, I need to be at the end of this journey. But I think a lot of them didn't start the journey with me at least or didn't, mm -hmm. didn't follow it in that way. And I think that they have to understand that it, it's called a journey for a reason. And when you can accept that, and not look at a at a beginning or an end. It's that you realize that the journey may be long, but you've elevated to a greater view. Mm -hmm. And it is appreciating that growth and that view of understanding and that perception of reality that really I think is probably one of the most important things to to truly understand. Let's let's try to look at this through a simulated reality, okay? If you have a simulated reality, it would be fair to say that the majority of people in the simulated reality are asleep. And this is what's ironic because we often refer to people that are, that are not spiritual as being asleep. Mm -hmm. We really got to listen to the things we say mm -hmm. because 
what that really means in a, and I keep saying, start looking everything through the eyes, the, the window of, of a simulated reality. So when we say people are asleep, it's to say they're not aware that they're in a simulated reality. They're not aware that there's something beyond everything they touch, they smell, they feel, that there's something more. We feel it. Mm -hmm. We just can't reach it, touch it, smell it. That's why we gotta figure out what it is we, we need to evolve to in order to, to make contact. Mm -hmm. And so, in that, that process of people being asleep and, and being awake, and I've totally lost my train of thought now. The, the whole universe just dumped me. The, the wave got crushing. <laughs> what was it that you were saying? Um, Teaching. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, here we go. So the, the, the point is, is that if we are inside of, if we wanna call inside of, again, here we go with coining stuff, okay? The matrix, by becoming conscious that we're in it, we become a different frequency, a different, in, in the eyes of the simulation or whatever it is that would observe us, we are a frequency. We're like a zigzag electricity, if you will, versus straight parallel lines. In order to continue the awakening process of a consciousness collective, you need to build up amperage. By building up amperage, a collective consciousness inside of a collective consciousness, you have then what is called an awakening. Okay, have that awakening, then the, the, the confounds of reality begin to become distorted or break down. And I would honestly say that at the end, this is part of the bigger collective instead of the, the minor collective, meaning the minor, there's always m other things going on, not just what you think is the big thing. You know, I think there's individual purpose and then there's multitude purpose collectively as Alessone. Mm -hmm. Do you mind going into that a little bit deeper? If you ask the right questions, I'll give you the right answers. <laughs> All right. So let me internalize that real quick. I'm, 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 pro I'm, you know, I'm changing my perspective because when we're talking, it's like I'm looking at it as in, okay, we have individuals reach in. Here's a question: How can I help them? Or you know, or right. we, you know, uh, most common question. So it's like, okay, how do we? Take the it's, just, and, and apply. It's, 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 it's doing what we're doing. The only difference is, is we're, we're acknowledging it on a higher level. If you look at Hinduism, Buddhism, and the evolution of other religions, I would say that although aspects of Hinduism and Buddhism are likely older than certain religions, I do see them going through an evolutionary stage. Mm -hmm. It's as if you could say that shamans uh, existed and they had a, a, a parallel relationship with reality while the majority were more grounded. As, as this wattage builds up into religions, they have a, a slightly different, but it, it, it almost like it digressed because it became a very physical ideal of what life was after death. We go to heaven, we, we, you know, we, you know, God is a bearded man, yada, yada, yada. But there are aspects of, of religion that still try to keep transcending this parallel sense of reality. And that collective kept building and building in different neural pathways of the planet as, as population grew, okay? So here you have a, a what I consider cutting edge, higher balance being cutting edge, of understanding that we are building a neural system inside of a neural system, okay, that is self-aware, okay?
And that self-aware of, of that collective is what will potentially awaken the conscience of the planet. I think it affects technology. I think it affects reality. I think it affects, you know, this goes back to the hundredth monkey. It's to say that when you have a multitude of a species thinking a similar thing, that there's a collective wave of thought that encompasses the planet and that other similar species or that species all of a sudden like epiphanies start to happen, like common sense to do those things or, you know, Rupert Sheldrake's work and stuff. So the, the point is, is what is the point by which we as a collective have to understand and comprehend that we are in a simulated reality before it takes on a greater effect of affecting reality? Okay. So well, with kind of the stuff that we were, were talking about earlier on in our conversation about wanting for nothing or be being in a sense, silent in your mind, quiet, so that your your consciousness your can can move to these these mm-hmm. higher places. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at things, um, you know, in a as a collective, would you say that then we there's needs to be that moment where things, you know, quiet down uh, collectively to be able to to again shift the consciousness. And I, I feel I know you've talked about this. In, in the I, past, I I think it it will begin to happen on an intuitive level. Okay. I think that there's a lot of things in the world that already happen like this just yeah. in a red cell perspective, okay. okay? I do think white cell perspective happened, mm-hmm. but again, sounding snooty, it's always a new age, crystally color, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's still materializing into a matter a matter, a sense of, of physical objects when I say matter. It always comes down to some form of matter relating to energy and there's not this greater transcendence of, of understanding. And so I, I do think that the stuff that I'm teaching and I'm seeing other people starting to come out with stuff, uh, that, that this is a whole new epic level of, of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And by individuals reflecting on the collective being in a simulated reality, thus would you say that it affects the overall kind of uh, strength of that collective? Well, here, look, here's another way to say this. If we live in a simulated reality and it's monitoring all of us, mm-hmm. okay, everything, if you if you look at uh, on quantum physics or to say that we, we talk about particles, we know that we affect a particle, it's, its its progress or its 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 way it functions only when we observe it okay so it's reactive to our observation it's almost like reality only happens if we observe it mm-hmm. okay meaning we become aware of it okay mm-hmm. if you have a certain amount of people contemplating the fact that we live in a simulated reality tell me then how does Particles react to that, that affect what, what is reality or what we perceive as reality. What, what is the next thing it does in order to accommodate that level of, of awareness? Okay. Makes sense. It's, Makes it's sense. potent stuff if you really can wrap yeah, your head I, around it. I get it, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, is this kind of... So, on a micro level, that's what you're doing. Sure. And then on a macro level, collectively, you have to be aware. That's what you're doing. Okay, so you, you have to be aware of what it is that you're doing. You already are. You're, you already are. Okay. Just by, just by contemplating. But if you don't make an active effort to, to reflect on it, mm-hmm. then that's how things die off. I can see that. No, that makes com- complete sense. So, oh, wow, that's awesome. All right. Um, 
Is this separate than the medi um, meditate on the world meditating? It well, it's it's it parallels that. That's okay. it's all stuff that's that's accommodating a transformation of consciousness. It's all aspects of necessity for it to to happen. I mean, I don't expect the majority of the world to understand. I expect only an elite level of few, in true honesty, to that even listen to this that mm -hmm. can even begin to contemplate what I'm trying to say, and to put it into practice. Mm -hmm. The, the, the majority have the potential, so by meditating on the world, meditating, you're creating a clearer state of, of energy that's stabilizing, okay? okay? Yeah. And in so doing, you have to realize that the collective mind is the source by which the dough is fed. The reason there's an energy of consciousness behind that, and mm -hmm. we're all subjective to it, the same way in the 100th monkey that there's a collective thought, there is a collective thought of mundaneness, mm -hmm. and it's very strong. Right. And that's what creates an order of, of, of what your daily task of everyday life is. Mm -hmm. And so that's constant birth. So if you can tone that down even a tiny bit through meditating on the world, meditating per se, to, to create this feeling of, of calmness, okay, mm -hmm. you then have the 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 opportunity for the things that we're discussing to thrive out of that because that's what it flourishes in. You're creating the best environment for, for what we do to, to take root. Okay. And I know people have asked about the med meditating on the world, meditating, and they're wondering, you know, where are we, like, in a sense of a scale, what do you need white cells to do? You know, do you need to amp it up? More uh, are we I, I actually think that since we've put that out there, I don't want to be vain or something, but mm -hmm. I actually can see some effect already. Okay. I'm observing it closely like everybody else, you know, and, and monitoring the news and what's happening in the world. But there is actually for the first time a, a positive transition starting. Okay. I don't want it to stop. Okay. So cross our fingers that it that it takes greater momentum here soon. Take it up. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. So just for people who who may not understand what I mean by meditate on the world meditating, in other words, when you meditate, you're trying to reach a level of non-thought, non-emotion, clarity, calmness, just placid water that just is reflecting the sky. Okay. That simple level of of that is like to say that you're you're imbuing or wanting your neighbors to feel that same thing, mm -hmm. or some tiny portion of what you're emanating out, like a tuning fork, mm -hmm. and that by thinking that now you've set a direction to your energy, you've programmed the energy to have an objective. Mm -hmm. It's got a job. Find the neighbors. Let's let's have them, mm -hmm. and then from them send it out to whoever they meet. And if we continue to do this, it's this is what's calming this, this strong negative vibration. We're trying to change the note of the frequency of, of like to say it's a, a, a tuning fork. It's, a, it's like a deeper tone. It's destructive. We want to make it switch to a higher note or switch the instrument to progressively change. Nothing's real anyway. Why can't we make the instrument transform into a different form of that instrument at a different note? That's how you should see everything. Okay. And... For those listening, um, and just for your clarification, this doesn't mean that you're forcing people to meditate or you're pushing your will on other people. It's just that you're projecting. The, you're you know, projecting the it, and it will it will take it on if if it wants to. Okay. And I believe that there is good in all humanity, yeah. and ideally we are drawn to that by nature. Sure. So if it's presented, which it's not being presented, only thing that's dominating is the destructive energy. And the more we reflect on that, the more we pick up that tune. Got it.
Awesome. So we're giving them an, an alternative choice. Sure. It's a good choice. Having gone through so many, uh, e you know, just help tickets, emails, people seem to get a little bit confused as far as how to, I don't want to say go through the material, but go through the material. Like they're not sure like what they should pull from what to kind of help them achieve their, their goal more or less, whether it be, right. let's say, uh, mind projection, healing, so okay. on and so forth. Let me, let me address that. Sure. Okay. And hopefully you'll see what I'm going to do with this. Okay. okay? Yeah. Look, there is a lot of material, mm -hmm. okay? And to, to people who've gone through all of the material, they may say that there's not enough material, mm -hmm. okay? So it's a matter of perspective by where you're standing and you view, either you view it as being large or you're on it and you view it as being short, okay? Mm -hmm. When people who have different interests, whether it be astral projection, healing, whatever it is, okay? Mm -hmm. You can either call in and get direction from the staff, but if you don't want to, or that's not, not an option, listen to me. There isn't a single thing that I teach that you will not walk away feeling that you've got something huge out of. If you ever feel that way, and I doubt anybody else will say this in, in, in the, the metaphysical industry, return it. Mm -hmm. That's how confident I am. I know it sounds crazy. I believe in the simple fact that if you clear your mind and you make a choice, the universe in a sense is guiding the hand of that choice. There is a reason why you're choosing a certain module or a certain piece of material. This goes back to want for nothing, gain everything, ironically. Mm -hmm. Don't make all of your decisions with the material based on what you think you want. Mm. That's the first mistake. Open yourself up to the possibility of something a little bit more random or, or working with something that you didn't really anticipate. Watch how fast you realize, my God, that is what I've been looking for. And I've been looking for it in all the wrong areas mm -hmm. had I only known. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, is that if you don't really know where to begin with the material, just just close your eyes and, and spin the tail on the donkey or whatever and, and just grab something from HBI. I think that you might be shocked that it's exactly what you've been looking for. Mm -hmm. And I, I know it's crazy to say something like that, but it's not crazy at all if you listen to anything that I'm saying. Let the universe direct you. If it directed you to the door of higher balance, then, then trust it to start singling out the modules to you mm -hmm. and, and let, it, let it share what it's got to share with you. Because for sure, I guarantee you, there's going to be a lot of information, not just a little, in any module that is going to rock your world. And you now are opening yourself up to new perspectives instead of trying to control your education. Right, right. Which is interesting. The whole part of control is that it, nowadays a lot of people are coming from other companies, other... Tons of other schools you know, of teaching. Yes, and, and I, we're seeing that, that increase. Approach it is like a step one, step two, step three, yep. step four. Yep, and I, And because those emails come in, I'm like, you know, why, well, why don't we do that? But my, my thought, and tell me if I'm wrong, yeah. is that for one, if I'm on step three, I technically kind of need something from step five to really understand step three. Yep. You know, so if I'm taking... The step one, step two, it's actually longer to get from point A to point B versus, let's say, with higher balance, it's more like you're building a neural network of information because you're, you're garnering all this information 
healing techniques can apply to mind projection to apply it's to all interconnected and it builds, absolutely and it builds your your neural system or your consciousness faster yeah that way than step one step two step three. well this gets into artificial intelligence and what they're figuring out already just now Ooh. that's exactly what they're figuring out okay yeah, it's what I've known for, for yeah. eons and what I've pushed for eons. Yeah. yeah. And when I came to that realization, as always, I'm like... You you name me <laughs> a piece of material that I teach, not something from... you know, Because sure, sure. if they think about it from metaphysical books and stuff and you hear, oh, ESP, psychic mm -hmm. telepathy, you, 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 when I do telepathy, it's like, holy shit, I never mm -hmm. realized all those things. And now that makes perfect sense, okay? Right. Name a module that doesn't fit with another module that you can't, you can't, it's, it's interconnected. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's a living thing. Mm -hmm. I keep saying this to people, I don't, they don't get me. It's, it's all one thing, really. Yeah. And when I had that real realization, you know, it. But that's advanced intelligence to have that real, no, no, really. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um. To say what a, I guess, genius you know you are in the how you approach things. It's like to for me to be like, man, he doesn't say what he does, but I know he knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, <so. laughs> if I say what I do, then people will classify it, and then there's exactly. no point to it. Right. <laughs> um, but just I just remember like... <laughs> just remember one thing: uh -huh. is there truly any chaos in the universe? And the more chaotic something is, the higher level of order that's to it. That's, I'll rest my case on that. I think we can end with that. Yeah. All right, we'll end with that. All right, awesome. Thank you. Yep. You can order Handbook of the Navigator version 2.0 by visiting handbookofthenavigator.com. Handbook of the Navigator is a manual to attain enlightenment through the necessary development of the organic sixth sense. It introduces breakthrough and revolutionary new concepts that go beyond traditional New Age ideologies, bringing Eastern philosophy into the technical age of today. Get your copy now by going to handbookofthenavigator.com. A lot of people ask us, where is the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation Meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. 
Follow us on Instagram at Higher Balance Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review so you can help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you'd like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour, the fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window, seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it, so I did, reaching my hand out the window to touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken knowing that sometimes when you want to find something you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to you see my hand it moved against the wind pushing weaving feeling it touching it and the sun warming soothing healing somewhere in between i flew Higher balance. We think outside of the box. A new kind of spirituality. A new kind of meditation. A revolution in consciousness. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.